Welcome once again to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. My name is Pastor Todd Walker. We're going to do another episode of Sermon Extras here where we dive into one aspect of the text from our sermon last Sunday. And last Sunday we looked at Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 15. And we spoke about the devil and about fighting the devil and combating him. Because the devil attacks us, and we looked at three different ways he attacks us, with distractions, with deception, and by devaluing Jesus Christ in our minds and our hearts. And the way we focused upon how to fight the devil was looking at Jesus Christ, of course, looking at his resume, looking at his power, looking at what exactly he's done for us, and what he's done against the devil. And that's really what we want to focus on today. I want to look at verses 15 of Colossians chapter 2, just this one verse. We talked about it a little bit on Sunday, but we didn't get to dive in really deep to it. I want to look at it a little deeper today. And this is what it says, Colossians 2.15. It says, He, Jesus, disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Well, Jesus is talking about the demonic devil rulers and authorities. He's not talking about any physical ruler and authority here. He's talking about spiritual principalities and powers. And that's what it tells us in the book of Ephesians 6. It tells us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers and spiritual forces of evil. And it says in verses 15 of Colossians 2 that Jesus disarmed the rulers and authorities. He put them to open shame and he triumphed over them in him. And I want to think about those three things about Jesus disarming the evil powers, about Jesus putting them to open shame, and about Jesus triumphing over them in him. And really the, the idea there is he triumphed over them by the cross. And I want to think about that today and hopefully help ourselves understand uh, this walk of Jesus Christ a little better. So it says he disarmed them. He disarmed the rulers and authorities. And again, it's not talking about anything physical. It's talking about spiritual rulers and authorities. And it says Jesus disarmed them, took their weaponry away. And I thought about, wow, that's profound. I mean, the devil is a scary foe, right? He's a scary enemy. He's someone that we all kind of fear. Uh, we don't want to really find ourselves fighting against the devil because we don't think that's going to be an even match. But it says that Jesus disarmed him. Again, he took his weaponry away. And I want to think about a few um, parallels, analogies, if you will, for how Jesus disarmed these rulers and authorities. The first one I thought of when I mentioned on Sunday, it's like a snake. It's like a scary-looking, venomous snake. But again, Jesus disarmed the rulers and authorities, so it's like a snake without fangs and without venom. It's still scary looking. Snakes are scary looking. I don't like snakes. I don't want to see a snake in my home, regardless. But if I had to fight a snake, I'd definitely prefer to fight one without fangs and venom. I think that's a battle I could win. And that's kind of what we're talking about here. Jesus disarmed the rulers and authorities. He took their sting away. He took their venom away, which means they can't hurt you. They can't harm you. So although a snake is scary and you don't want to see a snake, if you knew that it didn't have the fangs and didn't have the venom, you probably wouldn't be as scared about it, would you? You would probably go head on into that fight and kill it to get it out of your house. So that's one illustration of what Jesus did. I'm going to just keep going on with several more so we get the idea and it's really cemented in our mind. I talked about a snake. The second one would be like a lion. 
You know, a lion with a sealed jaw and no claws. I mean, that one actually kind of happened in Daniel and the lion's den, the story there, where Daniel is sent into the lion's den for praying to the Lord, and there's several lions down there, hungry, ready to devour him, and the Lord disarmed them. He shut their jaws. He made it so the lions couldn't hurt Daniel anymore. And so imagine that. Imagine having to, having to fight a lion who had a sealed jaw, couldn't open his mouth, and absolutely no claws. A lion is still a very big cat, could probably hurt you, but without his jaw, without his claws, he probably can't kill you. Not if you're fighting. And so that's another illustration of what we're talking about here. Here's another one I thought of. Um, you've got to go a few generations before this. You know, we, we know this based on history, but you have to imagine living in the 1930s and 40s and fighting this huge foe called Germany, led by this man called Adolf Hitler. Very scary country, very scary era of our history and the history of the world. And back in the day, I mean, they were terrifying. They had this guy called Hitler, and you never knew what he was going to do. Um, kind of unpredictable, really willing to push the limits and, and do whatever he had to to get the victory. So imagine 1930s and 1940s Germany with no Hitler. No ruler like that. Think how much easier the fight would be if you just took that one leader away from them. The foe would suddenly be much, much less scary, much, much less harmful. Here's another one I thought, I thought of, kind of silly bullies. I don't know if you've ever been bullied growing up. I've had my share of times being bullied. So imagine a bully is bullying you and saying all kinds of mean things to you. <laughs> but he's buried in the sand while he's doing this. He's buried up to his head. The only thing that's showing is his head, and he's buried in the sand while he's bullying you. Are you going to be scared of that bully? Not a chance. Not a chance. This bully's buried in the sand. He's saying all kinds of mean things to you. And the scary thing about bullies is they can hurt you. They can harm you. Um, put your head in a toilet and flush it. You know, that's all kinds of things guys did. Um, but imagine that bully being buried in the sand and having really no way to harm you and to hurt you. And it's really just talk at that point. And again, Jesus disarmed the rulers and authorities. Here's a few more. An electric fence with no power. A gun with no bullets. Here's a relevant one for today. A school shooter who's armed only with a water gun. Wouldn't be that bad, would it? Wouldn't be that scary. How about this one? A thief with a knife breaking into your home at night to find 12 U.S. Marines protecting your home. <laughs> Do you see that there? I mean... Jesus has disarmed the rulers and authorities. He's made them really not able to hurt you, not able to harm you. And before that, they were they were able to harm you and destroy you and have all kinds of power over you. But Jesus conquered them and took their weaponry away. And now they may have a scary face. They may have a lot of scary things to say, but they really can't hurt you anymore. Well, Jesus didn't only disarm them. It says, the passage says, he put them to open shame. So he took their weaponry away, and then he mocked them in a way, as if to say, look at you now. Look at you now. Look what you're able to do now. You have no weaponry. You have no sting. You have no venom. You have no claws. Your jaw is wired shut. You have a water gun. What are you going to do now? And it says he put them to open shame. And I'll give you a little bit of a story an illustration of maybe what this might look like. 
when I was a little kid, my mom told me the story. I vaguely remember it, but I think I really just remember her telling the story. Uh, when I was a little kid, um, in our yard, we had this fence around our yard, and next to our house was this other family who had this dog, this kind of, you know, ferocious-looking dog, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how big he was. He may have just been big to me in the context of how little I was, but but I was scared of this dog. This dog was loud and, and scary and barked a lot and just kind of aggressive. Well, at one point, this dog, um, while I was outside, was doing his thing, barking a lot and coming after us, you know, trying to act real scary. But he actually got his head wedged in the fence um, that was blocking our yard, and the dog couldn't get out. <laughs> and I realized that as a young kid, I realized the dog was now trapped and couldn't get out, and my mom said that I went over to the dog and started mocking the dog. <laughs> started making fun of it, started making faces at it and acting like, you know, look at you now, look how strong and tough you are now. And that's kind of a cruel picture probably, but I was a little kid. And that's kind of the idea, is Jesus not only disarmed the rulers and authorities, but he put them to open shame. Mock them. Look, you're rendered powerless, you're useless, you have no weaponry, you have no sting. What are you going to do now? And the last thing the text says is maybe the most profound. He disarmed the rulers and authorities. He put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. And a lot of the uh, context, a lot of the translations think that in him really means by the cross. So let's reread it. By triumphing over them by the cross. Think about that for a moment. Jesus not only disarmed the rulers and authorities, he did not only put them to open shame, but he triumphed over them by the cross. And you have to imagine that as smart as the devil is, I think he thought he was winning that day when Jesus went to the cross. When Jesus was killed and, and tortured and abused and mocked and crucified, that had, to be, that had to look from the onset like it was a great victory for the devil that he was going to stop Christianity. Christianity was going to stop and halt and, and be no more. But we know the rest of the story, don't we? We know that Jesus did die, but three days later, he rose from the grave, symbolizing not only victory over sin, but victory over death. He paid for the debt of sin that was holding his children and his people down from serving God, and then he took the sting away Triumphing, triumphing over them by the cross and taking death away, the sting of death. And the way that he did it is by the cross. And that's another thing I want to think about here a little bit. I thought of a few more illustrations, and you'll have to humor me. These are a little bit, obviously, bad parallels to what Jesus did, but hopefully we can understand this by using these illustrations. So Jesus triumphed over these enemies, these really strong enemies. They are strong. They do have a lot of power. They're not someone to trifle with. But Jesus beat them with the cross. What looked like the greatest victory for the devil was his greatest defeat. And here's a few illustrations I thought of. It would be like us beating someone in golf, tennis, basketball, soccer with your off hand, your off foot. Someone really good. You beat someone really good in these sports by using your wrong hand, your wrong foot. 
It's an illustration. It's a poor one, but it's an illustration of what Jesus did. Here's another one. Uh, beating a boxer or an MMA fighter with your eyes closed. <laughs> so you're in a fight with something really strong and terrifying, and you beat them. Not only do you beat them, your eyes are closed. You have a blindfold on. You can't see at all. That's an illustration. Here's another one. A swimmer beating a speedboat in a race with weights around his ankles. Imagine that. So imagine a swimmer and a speedboat in a race together. The swimmer wins. Not only does he win, the swimmer had weights around his ankles and beats the speedboat. Silly illustrations, but they work in my mind. Here's another one. How about this? The U.S. beating the Russian army, the big, bold Russian army, while armed with Nerf guns. That would be us armed with Nerf guns. The U.S. beating the Russian army while armed with Nerf guns. <laughs> and the Russian army has real guns, you know, real bombs, real tanks, stuff like that. And the U.S. wins just by Nerf guns. And the last one. Racing a Ferrari, Ferrari sports car, and beating it with your old bike with a loose wheel. You kind of get the point. You get the point of what Jesus did. Not only did he disarm the rulers and authorities, not only did he put them to open shame, but he beat them by the cross. He took them down by being crucified. And that's astonishing. And that's what we need to understand about our Lord Jesus. How mighty and authoritative he is. That not only does he win, he wins with the greatest odds stacked against him. So what's the point? What's the point of this? What's the point for us? What are things we need to know? The first thing we need to know is the, the devil has been rendered powerless, truly powerless. He still has some power, but it's not like before. He can't kill you. He can't devour you. He can't take you away from Jesus Christ. The devil is rendered powerless in comparison to Jesus. Jesus is our protector. Jesus is our refuge. And the devil can do nothing to us. Isn't that incredibly encouraging to know? That his weaponry was taken away. The devil can't defeat us any longer. And that means that we can and will victor if we simply believe and obey the Lord. Victory is promised. It's guaranteed even. That if you and I believe and obey the Lord, there's not a chance we won't win. Not a chance. It's a guarantee by God who has all authority and all power and who disarmed the rulers and authorities. If we believe and obey the Lord, we will win. We don't have to be scared anymore. We don't have to be scared of defeat. We don't have to be scared of what the devil can do to us. We can conquer him. We can gain victory. For us, victory is a certainty. The only way we don't win is if we don't believe. Is if we walk backwards, as if we go back and run back home and stop following Jesus Christ. That's the only way we don't win. If we go forward in the Christian life, even though it's painful, we'll win. Here's another thing to think about, to know, is that Jesus is the really truly only one we should fear. Jesus is the only one we should fear. 
Jesus not only disarmed the devil, but he won on a cross. And the devil is powerful. And the demons and his minions are powerful. And Jesus beat them on a cross. Jesus is all-powerful. He is not someone we want to trifle with. Jesus is not someone we want to find ourselves against on the last day. We do not want to find ourselves on the devil's team against the one who beat the devil on a cross. We want to be on Jesus' team. Jesus is really the one to fear. But you don't have to fear him if you're on his team. He fights for you. He fights with you. He beats the devil for you. Jesus is going to win in dominating fashion. In fact, according to the text, he already has. The victory has been won. We are just waiting to see it play out now. He triumphed over the demons and the rulers and the authorities and beat them by the cross. And one day he will cast them all into the lake of fire. And the victory will be sought. And all of his followers will be with him in heaven. Never having to fight the devil again. Never having to hear one more temptation. One more lie. One more guilt-ridden reason for why we can't do something. And we're just waiting for it. And Jesus is going to win in dominating fashion. The next thing we need to know is we need to treasure Jesus. Treasure him to realize how amazing it is that we're on his team. You're on the best team ever if you're in Christ. You can't lose. You're going to gain the biggest victory ever for all eternity with great riches. We should treasure him and we should also obey him with boldness, courage, there's no reason not to be bold. There's no reason not to be courageous. The devil has been rendered powerless. And we can and we will defeat him if we simply go forward. Like I said before, the only way we lose is if we don't obey. That's it. If we don't obey Jesus, we lose. If we obey Jesus, we win. And so obeying Jesus, even though the enemy will still try to bite and devour us. It, it, it's like that snake again that I mentioned. It has no fangs. It has no venom. So although he'll take a lot of times and opportunity to try and hurt you and scare you, because a snake's still scary, you know, seeing a snake without fangs and venom still would scare me because I've been trained to be scared by snakes and we've been trained to be scared by the devil. But if he has no fangs and has no venom, he's not scary. So as scary as he wants to look and act and sound like, it's kind of like that dog trapped in the fence or that bully trapped in the sand. Can't hurt you. And we are promised victory. And here's the last thing that should blow our minds. Jesus triumphed over the rulers and authorities while he was on the cross. Jesus is not on the cross anymore. He's alive. He's in heaven. And he's on his throne and he has all rule and authority. 
And if you remember, even in the book of Job, even when the devil wanted to try to do something to Job, he had to go to the Lord's courts and ask for permission. Jesus isn't on a cross anymore. He's alive and he's on his throne. So if he was that powerful while he was on a cross, imagine how powerful and authoritative he is today. I hope we listen to that and I hope we understand just how much victory is ours, just how much boldness and courageous we should, ha we should have in the Christian life. And to remember the point, to treasure Jesus and to obey Jesus. If we believe properly, nothing can and will hold us back. Thanks for listening.